Hi. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything is just fine. Coming to you live from the 215. My name is Kyle Pagan, as always, joined by Mark Henry. Before we get into today's Eagles recap, a good show for you today. We got to talk about Tap Room. And if you were to order Tap Room yesterday with code FIND50 and get $50 off and black out, you would have never seen an Eagles loss. Can't see an Eagles loss if you black out. That's, That's true. But Tap Room, if you haven't used them yet, they're a beer delivery service. Better than GoPuff, better than Drizzly, no fees, no nothing. If you get your orders in before 4 p.m., they'll deliver to you from a local beer distributor that same day. Hard to find beers, hard to find spiked seltzers, hard to find kombuchas. We have to do a kombucha taste test. We have to do a hard, hard kombucha taste test because we just shit all over kombuchas. It's a billion-dollar industry for a reason. I don't know if it's just a lot of, like, lily-footed, organic hip hipsters. That are, all, that are all doing it, but... Yeah, you fit in lily-footed there because he said it tastes like feet. It does. It does. I've so never, that never is Taproom, T-A-P-R-M. You can get that at pa.taproom.com with promo code FINE50, P-H-I-N-E, 50. A lot of spelling in this ad of orders of $100 or more. All right, Mark. When I look back at this Eagles team, I'm going to remember this season as... Just not quite good enough. Yesterday's game was right there for the taking. I was very inspired by the Eagles. Every shot the Chargers gave them, they countered with their own. But in the end, they couldn't overcome a 16-play game-winning drive where the Chargers converted two fourth downs, including a second down at the end of the game with 21 seconds left on the clock. And the defense lets Austin Eckler right up the middle for 16 yards to make it a 29-yard field goal instead of a 45-yarder from a shaky Dustin Hopkins, who was already cut by the by the Washington football team this year and who had already missed an extra point earlier in the game. Mark, it's the defense for me. Give me your takeaway. Yeah, I mean, it, it is so disheartening to see that drive um, with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, or six minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter to see Jalen Hurts uh, with that touchdown strike to Devonta, which, I mean, that's like the most inspiring Hurst to Devonta connection of the year, I'd say, the biggest moment uh, for that to to happen. Rank them. More than week one? Yeah, yeah. That was the that was the most uh, – that was the fun – the most fun Devonta moment. It was one of those where it's like, this guy's a stud. You, you just know it because he, he had kind of just tore it up all game. It seemed like he had a couple big third down catches, and then that's obviously the biggest catch he had all game. And that's the biggest throw Hurts made all game. That's a, That was mm-hmm. not an easy throw. It was a tough – it was a tight window. Um, it was 30, 35 yards down the field, depending where he was standing in the pocket. I'd have to go back and watch it again. But, I, I mean, it's really disheartening to see all that, to see Hurts run for – I think it was two or three different first downs on that drive. Uh, of course, one uh, incredible diving, flipping uh, for a first down play uh, by Jalen Hurts. Uh, putting his body out on the line, and then you don't get the ball back. You don't get to see if they would have been able to go down and tie the game or go down and win the game. And it seemed for a second that we might uh, when 
you know, I think it was fourth and inches and they ran up to the line. They call a timeout. They try to get us off sides. And it seemed like they were going to kick a field goal. They, they seemed like they completely faked out uh, the CBS broadcast. They were all on Dustin Hopkins, like following around the sideline. And then it's like, oh, wait, the offense is huddling on the field. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, I was so upset in that moment that, like, I was like, they're 100% getting this if they go yeah. for a QB sneak. And they did. And they got it easily. And once that happened, you knew that the game was reliant on the foot of a kicker who had been cut a few weeks ago um, and had missed a field goal in that game. So it's, it's there, there's a lot of positives from yesterday. I think it's moral victory Monday, but like you said, and you touched on it, that 16 yard run to Austin Eckler to give up in that moment when the entire stadium knew that the Chargers were running the ball on that play. That's tough to, that's tough to swallow. That's tough to justify. And that's tough. I mean, it's tough to look past effort on that play. It's tough to look look past scheme on that play. Uh, how do you not have them ready for that in that moment? That's tough. I I, I don't know how you how you give up a sixteen yard run in that spot. You never see that. I, there's hundreds of games where these teams are running out the clock for a late game field goal. You saw it in Atlanta. You saw it in plenty of games over the weekend. No one's breaking sixteen yard runs against a stacked box when they know you're running the clock down. It's it's right up the middle too. It's not like around the edge or anything. It's Austin Eckler, like uh, running up the up the gut. Like Austin Eckler's a really good running back, but he's not like a between the tackles like wizard finding a hole. Like he's a he's a guy you get the ball in space. Just a, a terrible play by the defense, and that's that type of play that's going to define this season for the defense and define Jonathan Gannon's tenure as the defensive coordinator here, which doesn't seem to be long lasting. Does Jonathan Gannon make it through the season? Probably like I don't think that they have the urgency. Maybe if they were a little better, honestly, like if their offense had performed bigger in a couple spots earlier in the year and we had an extra win or two, maybe, you know, with some playoff hopes, Lori feels like he has to fire him to try to galvanize the defense or how he feels like that. But I don't think so. I think they'll stay the course. And then instead of Howie or Sirianni getting any blame or taking any blame or taking any accountability, They'll put it on Gannon and they'll put it on Hertz if I had to guess. And that's been my prediction of what's going to happen for about a month now. Um, but games like yesterday give you confidence or not confidence. They give you hope that Hertz could be a, a longer term option than a guy like Jonathan Gannon. I don't think there's anyone who wants to see Jonathan Gannon come back next year. And people were excited, obviously, for Gannon. Um, and there were some beat reporters that thought he could be a future head coach. Yeah. To me, I. It, it just seemed like an obvious decision to make to bring in a, a ex-head coach defensive coordinator maybe or at least a very experienced defensive coordinator that could handle that side of the ball with no questions asked and let Sirianni almost fully entirely focus on strategy, late-game situations, and offense instead of having to worry about is Jonathan Gannon this like 35-year-old or I, I have no idea how old he is, actually. But this young guy who's never been at D.C. before, can he handle this job? And I think there's already, like, you know, uh, Javon Hargrave's complaining about he has, he's not calling the plays, uh, and Fletch McLeod have obviously made comments. So this is obviously going to hell in a handbasket pretty quickly here for future head coach Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, it was also like you look at the defensive line, zero sacks is the first time in Herbert's career he's ever not been sacked in a game. I know Javon Hargrave wants to complain, but where the hell has Javon Hargrave been since like week three, week four? Like I feel like that wrong. guy was was getting like all pro nods, and I haven't heard his name. I feel like in 
in five or six weeks. Fletcher Cox obviously gets paid to sack the quarterback, doesn't get paid to play the screen. Uh, I understand, you know, the two safety high calls. You could play two safety high, but like disguise the look, show a blitz, blitz. I mean, it is it is visually understood that TJ Edwards and Davion Taylor are so much faster than Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson, like noticeably faster on the broadcast. Like Davion Taylor was flying around with his head cut off. TJ Edwards, I think has 23 tackles. He had 12 yesterday, a couple for a loss in the last two weeks. I mean, this is the fifth quarterback who's completed 80% of their passes against the Eagles defense, 75 and a half completion percentage this year from quarterbacks that have played against the Eagles, which would be the highest in NFL history. I understand we want to talk about like that Jonathan Gannon might not have the personnel to to run the defense he wants to run, but I think with Davion Taylor and TJ Edwards getting plugged into that system, those excuses are kind of leaving right now. Would you just share? Uh, it's kind of in, in part to what you were talking about with the stat there. I never have it zoomed in perfectly. Uh, <laughs> so this says the Eagles defense has allowed a 75% Completion percentage for 2,121 yards, 16 touchdowns, six interceptions for a QB rating of 103.1. If you look at opposing QBs as one player, that player would be first in completion percentage, 11th in TDs, and third in QB rating. Meanwhile, they blitz and or play man coverage at one of the lowest rates in the league. The defense is also is awful excuse me, because of both roster and scheme. That comes from Shane Half at half and half underscore at the TPL at the Painted Lines. Yeah, I, I do a, a, an Eagles podcast with him that is like just beyond nerdism. Uh, so go check that out if you're if you're uh, as nerdy as we are. Uh, but he's a really good follow. He tweets out a lot of clips during the games, and he, uh, he he dives into some stats like that. But that was, I mean, that's a stat that's pretty telling. And he's kind of been doing that stat all year, every week, updating it like where that player would rank um, in, in the thing. And I think a couple weeks ago, uh, our completion percentage was like five percent above what anyone had ever recorded or something. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a problem for so long now that it's just like watching that run yesterday. I don't know what it ended up being. I know during that last drive, Herbert was like 23 for his last 24 at one point to like 10 different receivers or something, uh, something just absolutely wild. Uh, so it was, it was just a carbon copy defensive performance to the Derek Carr game and the Oakland Raiders. I've been saying Oakland Raiders all weekend for some reason, all weekend, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, it was kind of a carbon copy of that defensive performance. It felt like this could have been a blowout. This honestly, we could have lost this game handily, but we didn't because the defense made two fourth down stops. One, I'm not sure Keenan Allen did score on, but that was that was so close. But uh, the fourth down, two, the two fourth down stops in the red zone, I, I think, are the only reason that they were in this game. And mm-hmm. those were the momentum swing type of plays that you need to make. So it sucks to see those momentum swing plays made, and it's and the offense step up in a big way, especially down the stretch, and you still can't win the game. And the reason is we our offense doesn't look the same in the first half as it looks in the second half ever. I know we had that one drive where we had a 10 play drive. We ran it nine times, um, made all the run the ball. People were really happy. Um, uh, you know, that was a great drive. Besides that in the first half, our offense was very stagnant. We weren't taking chances and you see it in the second half. They opened it up for Hertz. They start letting him throw down the field. Devonta starts getting targeted more. You, you just stop throwing to Jalen Rager ever, please. Um, so I, I think that, Again, we need to see 
these things that are being used in the second half for Jalen used in the first half. We need to get off to hotter starts. You can't do these. It felt like we were outplaying the Chargers so much in the first half, and we were only up 10-7 with two fourth down stops in the red zone. Like that's it's just not good enough. And Hurts didn't even have that great of a first half. I think what do you go like four for four for nine or, or something like that? I, I forget yeah. what it was on top of my head, but it wasn't good. So how do you measure Jalen Hurts now that this guy is not throwing twenty passes a game? And it's okay if they, if they want to run the damn ball and they want to you know that's how they're going to set the tone and everything. And obviously it worked to perfection yesterday. That's why they were in it. How would you measure him through nine games if we're going to start going through these next other nine? where he's going to be throwing the ball 15 to 17 times a game. Can he be a game manager? Can he be a can you be a franchise quarterback throwing the ball less than 20 times a game? No. No. Uh and I don't think that the question right now is is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback? Maybe this is it's actually an interesting question. What is a franchise quarterback? Like what is what's that demarcation line to like franchise quarterback to like a guy that can be your quarterback for a couple of years like like, is think, Baker Mayfield a franchise quarterback? I don't I, think that so. That was a guy off the top of my head, which I would say, after all the wide receivers and all the cornerbacks came out against Baker Mayfield, I would say he's probably not a franchise quarterback. But then I was looking at, like, a what about a Matty Ice? Like a Matt Ryan? A guy yeah. who's, who's not, won an MVP, but you're kind of like, oh, shit, he beat Tom Brady out for that MVP that one year, and Tom Brady only played 12 games? Yeah, it was bullshit. He shouldn't have won MVP that year, in my opinion. I still think that. But... um he was a franchise quarterback for sure for a long time. I don't know if he is anymore. I think Donovan McNabb is a good example too, where it's a guy. It's he like was. you you come into the you come into the season, you're hopeful, you're like we got the guy, and then he's throwing worm burners week one. And you're like this guy is, is sucks. Like he's not an all pro, he's not a perennial Pro Bowl or a perennial All Pro, but he's a guy that's like okay, you know, he there's going to be some games where he's going to go out and win and win some games for us. McNabb was pretty close to perennial Pro Bowl or perennial All-Pro. I don't know how many All-Pros he made. That's actually probably not many because of Peyton and Brady, I guess. But, um, I I mean, he was pretty close to perennial Pro Bowl. Um, I think McNabb was a franchise quarterback. I'm trying to think, like, now, I guess. Like, I don't think Baker is. Lamar? Lamar definitely is, yeah. Russ definitely is. Kyler definitely is. I mean, this is a different game entirely. We could spend an hour on this and just alone. But um, I'm trying to think like middling guys like Baker. Like Ryan Tannehill is not a franchise quarterback to me. No. I don't think Derek Carr is, and I'm really high on Derek Carr. A lot of Derek Carr to the Eagles. People want to talk about that. Really? Next season. People want to, I mean, no one, no one has come out and said sources, but people are talking about like, hey, maybe Derek Carr to the Eagles next year. I mean, I'm in. I'd but- be in. I'm in for sure. That's uh, you just surprised me with some information. I had because his contract it. information, his contract is pretty is like over, right? I don't know. I actually don't know what his what his situation is. But you're where'd you hear this from? Actually, I, I'm surprised I haven't heard this. I'm I'm usually on the forefront of the Derek Carr information. No, no, no. There was no sources or anything. I'm just this is like just me throwing. Oh, away. okay. I thought I thought you said okay. I saw one person tweet about it. I, I'm I, don't, I can't even remember. <laughs> You got me excited. Yeah, uh, so but- he has the 2021 and 2022 seasons remaining on his contract worth more than $40 million in total. He signed five years, 125 deal in 2017. So basically, what would it take? Two firsts to get this guy? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that. Not even that, think you think? It, no, I don't think so. But it depends how, like, will if the Raiders don't want him to be their starting quarterback, they're not going to take two firsts. But if they have any questions, they'll probably take like a first and a third, I think. So, I mean, Mark, it, he gets 19.7 next year. That's like the cheapest of all cheap yeah, potentially no, franchise cheap. quarterbacks. 
that's a I mean that's a deal right there. Um, but yeah, going back to the like, is Jalen Hurts can he be a franchise guy throwing this amount of time? No, but I think there's probably only like eight to ten franchise guys for sure in the league right now. Would be my guess. Like taking out guys like Trevor Lawrence, who like probably like will be or could be or like any of the rookies that look rough right now or look like fields or lance or anyone you want to throw out there um i mean herbert's a franchise guy that's obvious like stuff like that there's there's obvious obvious cases but um we're far away from hurts answering that question by saying yes but the people who are saying there's no way he can be a starting quarterback or just like he's a backup i think that's wrong too i, I think both saying he could be a franchise guy or saying he's just a backup are both wrong. He's probably like the 21st or 22nd best QB in football. Like I I think there's probably about like 10 teams that would be better off right now with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. I just, I, I, I kind of do see him as as a backup. But what does that mean? I see him as like a Nick Foles kind of backup. It just goes on this I- impressive run in the playoffs when the when the starter goes down. Like that's what I feel like Jalen Hurts to me because maybe because he did it in Alabama. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and he'd be a great backup, but like I don't think he'll ever be outside of the top 32 quarterbacks. Like I, yeah. I just think he's always going to be one of the below top options. Like in a way that Teddy and Tyrod, and he's a way different player than those guys, but in a way that those guys have continued to get starting jobs at, towards the bottom end of the league with the QB desperate teams. I feel like Hertz would just become that type of guy. Can you win with a Teddy Tyrod? Maybe if you're Teddy not. in no, no, Sean no, Payton's system. But yeah, so that's that's the thing where it's like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Does Russell Wilson hit Devontae Smith coming out of the break on that touch, on that uh, yeah. incomplete pass? Absolutely. Probably. And that's Absolutely. what probably separates a guy who you can – well, it definitely separates a, a franchise quarterback from Jalen Hurts. Like, I love Jalen. I've always said it. Would love to see the guy succeed. He's just so easy to root for and everything. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, what's best for the team? It's probably not Jalen Hurts. If you can't if, – if right now, 13 games in, you can't rely on a guy to kind of throw more than 20 times a game. Um, I know situations were different uh, last week. They were just running and grounding and pounding and everything. And the run game was was, was great this week. But, you know, it, it would have been nice to have some confidence in Jalen Hurts to go out there and throw for 25, 30 times a game against, you know, a really good passing defense. I don't know. I'm kind of just talking in circles right now. It was a run-the-ball game. It's one of the top 10 defenses in the Chargers. So maybe I'm just I'm just overreacting to it. I just I really just want a franchise quarterback. And who do we got next week? Uh, Denver. We, we, we got go Denver, Denver next week. So I don't even know how they are because they just they just traded away Von Miller. And they beat um, the crap out of Dallas. So I don't even know if they're passing. I think they have Kyle Fuller, right? Yeah, they have Kyle Fuller. I don't know if their passing defense is that good off the top of my head. Nah, I, I would just like run, to see. It's a run the ball game again. Okay. It's a run the ball game again? Yeah. They got a good passing D? Jeffrey Lurie's going to sh- shit his pants if he, he keeps seeing I just run the ball know. games. I just want to know what I have in Jalen Hurts. That's all I want to know. That's the most important thing. I know what I have in the defense, and it's not a defensive coordinator. I know what I had in the offense. Very happy with Nick Sirianni. Called a good game. Didn't deserve to have a bouquet of flowers thrown at him. I'll be the first to say that, even though I defended the popcorn guy because I said it's just popcorn. And, hey, I'll defend the flower guy by saying it's just it's just flowers. It's just a bouquet of flowers. But I love seeing some fight from Nikki Six. Love seeing some fights from Nicky Sirianni. He was about to go up into the stands, Ron Artest style. James Franklin style. And yeah, and clock some Eagles fan. If you didn't see it, it's pretty good. 
Oh, actually, I don't even know if it's that good because you can't even see the flowers come. It's like Dom DeSandro. Yeah. He just kind of looks down at his feet. And, uh, oh, that's a different angle than I've seen, I think. Oh, you saw another angle? Yeah. There's a second bullet? There's a second bullet. I need to know who Orange Hat is. And how it looks much like the- Barstool Carl. <laughs> I don't know how much they pay at the Steamfitters Union, but I <laughs> didn't know you could get field level seats. My God, look at this guy. Yeah. Right it's, out of the blue collar starter pack. It's knuckle touches and a back and back pat for TJ Edwards. Orange, orange scully, Carhartt coat, probably Carhartt jeans, probably Carhartt underwear. I this guy's just I loving it. I can't get over how much this guy looks like Carl from Barstool. It's like <laughs> it is exact. Uh, it is insane. I, I you have to think the worst part of the flower thrower is he definitely hid the bouquet in his pants, probably in the back part of his pants. So it, it oh. not only sucks that someone threw flowers at Nick Sirianni, but the flowers probably smelled like eight hours of tailgating and like swamp ass. Nah, you got to imagine he took the flowers out. At one point, um, he took the flowers out, but, I mean, you wow. know how long it takes to get into those games. That's fair. That's at least That's 30 fair. minutes of, of of ass sweat. I mean, if these flowers hit Nick Sirianni in the face, is Nick Sirianni waking up a pink guy? If So, it wasn't that hot out yesterday. What was, like, ass sweat levels 1 to 10? I can't imagine they were that high. From 12 to 2, the sun was beaten down. Uh-oh. So, now you had you had ass sweat, then crystallizing – into oh, cold ass sweat. So now you have like ass crystals <laughs> all over those flowers. It's deadly. You come you don't home. think they'll let you walk in with a bag with, with, with a bouquet of flowers? Not this fan base. No I bags. mean, they let you walk in with the flower heads. We saw a lot of flower heads, a lot of flower bouquets at the tailgate yesterday. Uh, uh, and bouquets, I mean, by head, head wraps. Um, yeah, I mean... I just I, – I, I love seeing the fight from Nick Sirianni, but like – I don't know. Like I said, I defended the popcorn guy. I'll defend the flower guy because it's just flowers. But like, dude, if you're going to throw flowers at anybody, throw them at fucking Jonathan Gannon. Throw them at Javon Hargrave. Throw them at Fletcher Cox. Throw them at Darius Slay. Throw them at uh, someone else. Not Nick Sirianni who called a good game. Tough Darius Slay game. Um, wow. He stinks sometimes. It seems like when he's bad, he's bad very loudly. Um, and yeah, so we had the one drive where he just got like repeatedly picked on and there was the big Mike Williams play. Uh, I think Mike Williams, I, I, was it Mike Williams who had that big catch? I think so. People love to go after him. Darius yeah. Slay. Yeah. Cause he's tiny. So when you, no, when no, you I play, mean like people on Twitter and stuff when oh, he's me. having a bad game, the vultures, they just circle. I'm that vulture. Oh, I don't know what they do. I don't, I don't know what their noise is. Um, but I, I just hated the move when they made it a couple of years ago. I never thought he was that top level cornerback that when you're trading what they traded for him, when you're paying what you're paying for him, that's what you're paying for. And that's what you're trading for. And the amount of excuses this guy gets when he, when he has bad games, it's like, well, these guys do great against everyone. Don't judge him about how he plays against Devonte and Deandre Hopkins and, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and, uh, you know, good receivers judge him based on how he plays against Detroit. It's like, okay. Um, so I, I, I think when you have your top corner who just like physically can't cover five of the top seven guys in the league because they're tall, it's kind of, it's kind of a problem. Um, and, uh, but I will defend him on one thing here. Um, when we were up 17, 16, 
the Chargers go down and get a touchdown. Um, they got the worst DPI of the day yesterday in which Mike Williams – by the way, Mike Williams, a guy who with his lack of speed, Mike Williams is the most hand-fighting wide receiver in the NFL. Like if you watch any Chargers game, he, that's what he does. He like shoves guys around. When he goes up in the end zone, he moves you because he's huge. And he's like throwing Darius Slay around all game, throwing Darius Slay around on that play. Darius Slay falls, and they give Mike Williams a DPI on a third down. They would have had the punt. We would have got the ball back up 17 to 16. Instead, that we go from them punting on the 30 to they now have a first down on the 45. And that's a huge swing right there. And then not to mention, it's always him, Derek Barnett, with another third down penalty like a complete moron. Um, and it's just like they get two third down penalties given to them there. They get another third down uh, just like it was like, I think it was third and 10. And what are we doing? What are we doing on third down? On uh, It's just whatever. Uh, but that also, I, I will say that that's slight PI. It still has me, still has me annoyed. Cause I think that that is a huge sliding doors moments in the game. And I know no one wants to hear, uh, me bitch about the refs or anyone bitch about the refs, but uh, that sucked. Do you want to do the pulse of the city? Sure. Let's see what the pulse is looking like. We have a couple uh, polls from our favorite show. Um, the reason why we don't go off until nine is because we respect the double IP morning show. Is that when it ends? There. I think at 10. I don't, I don't know. Wow. I, haven't listened, I haven't listened in like 28 years of my life. Um, yeah, is Fletcher Cox the best player on the Eagles? No. Where does this come from? What? Who makes these tweets? I Who think that that yeah, that's not a good one. That's not going to get you. That's not going to get you clicks. It's got two thousand votes. Um, I mean, who is the best player on the Eagles? It's hard to answer right now. I mean, you Devontae could argue, Smith. You can make an argument for Devonte. You can make an argument for Goddard. I mean, it's probably like Kelsey or Lane. Realistically, if we're talking about like at their positions, Kelsey and Lane are probably like the two best, but. Um, it's never good when you have to like think about who the best player on the team. No, is. yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. Um, it's our, our the best player on our team is the number three overall pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft. No, eighty four point six to yes fifteen point four. Yeah. All right. Let's fair. do one more. All right. Who on the Eagles defense do you blame the most for yesterday's twenty seven twenty four loss to the Chargers? Jonathan Gannon, Darius, Darius Slay, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett. Darius Slay, you're going with Darius Slay over Jonathan Gannon? No, it's definitely Gannon, but I, I hate Darius Slay more. So just do Darius Slay. Wow, I don't like this. You're now you're manipulating the numbers because I don't necessarily agree with this, but I will go Darius Slay because this is your bit and this is your poll. Voter fraud. Wow. Disrespectful. Derek Barnett. <laughs> Derek Barnett had one penalty. They're like, get this guy out of the fucking city. Not that he shouldn't be in the city, $10 million down the drain and whatnot. But like Derek Barnett's, yeah, though it was a backbreaking five-yard penalty. Come on. So when the Barnett penalty happened, I, I, must, I didn't rewind it to go check or anything. And I, I must have been like multitasking. Everyone was tweeting the it's always him thing. Are they just tweeting that because Sirianni said it like two, three weeks ago when it happened? Or did it happen again where Sirianni said it on camera? I didn't hear Sirianni say it on camera, but no, I think everyone was tweeting from week two uh, yeah. or week three with the with the Cowboys. It's always him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, uh, this is a kind of a convoluted question because who on the Eagles defense do you blame the most? And technically, Jonathan Gannon isn't strapping on a chin strap. Um, so I guess Derek Barnett wins this poll in my mind. 
Oh, it's got to be Darius Slay. Yeah, it really does have to be Darius Slay, I think. Oh, mass. <laughs> uh, he's just the most overrated player I've seen on the Eagles in so long. I, what I just, about Josh Sweat? I didn't see him get to the quarterback yesterday. Yeah, Josh Sweat's been quiet for a couple weeks now. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. No, he had a key sack against the Lions. Oh, yeah, you're right. I kind of like the Lions game feels like it was a month ago. Well, yeah, the Lions game, I told you, it was one of those games where like I almost turned it off because they were winning so much. It, made, it went over to the second TV at one point. For some reason in my head that there was a game, there was a game in between the Lions game and the Chargers game, but there wasn't. Do you think Ben Simmons is rooting against the Eagles? He has to be a little bit, right? Maybe a little bit. I think he's got to be rooting against our happiness as a fan base. Just like I would say, our happiness definitely. Yeah, in the same way that I root against Flyers fans, because if if like if we can't be happy as normal people that root for like the people the sports people care about, I don't think that the Flyers fans should be happy with their stupid sport. The Chargers think Ben Simmons roots against us. This tweet was terrible for for a NFL social media head to come up with this and be like, "Hey, we got to play something," which I feel like there's so much better. Ben Simmons content out there to choose from. And this is what they come with, a mariachi band singing in a, in a badly photoshopped Chargers hat over Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's brutal. Come on. Come I mean, uh, that's just, that's just not funny. I, I feel like there's, they could have, it could have been something here. Oh my God. They could have, they could have done a Photoshop of the phone in his pocket. They could have done, done they could have done uh, the passing him, picture that we always see. Him choking out Carl Anthony Towns, but you put the Eagles logo on Carl Towns' face. He could have done the one of the guy uh, helping him practice free throws and stuff. There's just that. so much more they could do. And they do a mariachi band, which I don't even remember that Ben Simmons Instagram of him just clapping to a mariachi band. By the hey, way. By the way, yeah, I don't remember that either. That was a bizarre clap. Uh, it was Bre- big Brendan <laughs> Fraser energy at the at the Oscars, whatever that is. Um, don't don't think I didn't notice your your trending your trending tweets there. One being the Royal Rumble. So don't think that I'm not noticing that you're you're back into the uh, to the re- the pro- professional wrestling game. Is this built towards me? My yeah, trend? I think so because mine are always wrestling. <laughs> like or mine are always like three thousand tweets. There's no way this is trending, but like it's telling me it is. Hmm. Interesting. Well, now I have Victor Hovland, uh, Daniel Sorison, Packers Chiefs, Trump University. Kylie Jenner says she and Travis Scott only learned of concert deaths after the show following complaints. It was in stock quickly enough. Bad do weekend you, for Kyle. Yeah. Do you want to make a Do you want to make a, a statement for the brand? I, I have not watched. The Aaron Rodgers interview. I will watch it sometimes today. Now, I did get the cliff notes. I saw a lot of the videos. Yeah. And, I, and I stood with Aaron Rodgers until <laughs> he goes, I'm consulting Joe Rogan <laughs> on what I should be doing. And then I was like, come on, man. Because he was like, he hit the bingo board of everything anti-vaxxer. In one 20-minute interview, at one point, you could see McAfee shaking his head yes, like agreeing with him, and then he kind of just dropped He dropped the um, the Rogan thing was a big thing. I think the horse uh, ivermectin stuff, which I don't think is as bad as, it, as, as people talk about. I know people have actually had success taking it and whatnot. It's still stupid when you have a, um, you know, a, a vaccine that went 
billions and billions of dollars of medical research went into it and whatnot, but I digress. Um, yeah, I just, it, it was tough. It was a tough weekend for me. And then, uh, Travis Scott, same day, Friday night. I'm a big Travis Scott guy. Love Astroworld. Um, been to a couple concerts with Travis Scott. Eight people die. People get trampled on. And there's a video of a kid just getting basically crowd surfed over to security, passed out, maybe dead. And Travis, they, the, the video just goes to Travis Scott just like singing. Very eerie, it was very little... satanical looking video. And it just it wasn't a good it wasn't a good Friday. It wasn't a good Friday for the brand. It wasn't a good Friday for Kyle. Two of his favorite guys that he's defended in 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 life and, and one of them being Aaron Rodgers on this pod just doesn't look good. And now I know you're sharing a tweet, and I'm sure you're gonna dunk on me some more. No, it's actually dunking on myself. Uh, I also have an important statement to make. Uh, yesterday, I'll, I'll just read the tweet from this important newsbreaker on Twitter. Um, breaking news, Mark Henry Jr. was doubtful yesterday with a sore back, neck, and shoulder. Sources close to the organization say that Mark was hurt by trying to put a jacket on while driving. No word mm. on a timetable or a treatment plan at this time. And, yeah, it's – it's um, you know, It's pretty athletic by you. It was not athletic. I, I, I were got you, hurt. Were you knee driving as you are putting it on? It was one of those, like, I was driving straight and I grabbed the hoodie, the zip-up hoodie jacket from next to me. And, and you know, one arm, easy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the, the arm right next to me, I slipped that right in. I'm, it's I'm the pullover. Uh, I, I, you reach. Uh, thought, I, thought I broke my neck or something for a second. Thought I, thought I had to go to the hospital for, for, for a quick minute. Had to pull over. Um, oh, no, this, oh, was this was so bad. You this had to pull was over? Like, this was like it sent like a like a a reaction down my back. It was it was a it was first I was nervous for a second. It was a it was not athletic. I don't the old I, the old uh, Sammy Sosa sneeze and get on the seven day DL for throwing your back out. That, no, it was it was almost more than seven day DL. I was almost on the sixty day. That was that was a tough look. Feel good today. Feeling better. Uh, I would say the timetable, you know, three to five days. Uh, but you know, I I can't move my neck like further than right here on this side, but I can move my neck pretty far on this side. Um, I think I slept on it wrong one day and I've never been the same. Next or next or a bitch. Yeah. I, you know, I never had, never had neck issues before. Uh, And I'm hoping that this is a, uh, I'm hoping this isn't a Peyton Manning situation. Protect your neck. Um, I also am good for, for like one throwing my back out every one and a half years. And I'm, I'm due for right now. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a dentist visit or like a, an annual an annual exam, an annual whatever that exam thing you call. I'm good for like one a year of throwing my back out and then going to this this uh, this Chinese guy in Chinatown and he just goes to work. Wow. Yeah. You trust great. you trust chiropractism? I don't yeah. know, chiropractors? I think it's some Western medicine. No, Eastern medicine too that, that he does. But whatever he does, I just go to this random building in, in Chinatown that I found on uh, – I think I had a Groupon. And uh, and I go and he just works his magic. I haven't thrown my back out in like four years. I only did it once in my life, and I hope to never do it again. But I know it's gonna happen. It's a bitch. You don't know what you don't know how much you need your back until you throw it out, and you're trying to get off the couch, and you're just like making noises like you're giving birth. I can see the back being important. All right, where to next? Phillies talk. 
Oh, you want to do a future failure of the day? Hot stove. It's hot stove talk. Everyone's week nine right now. It's getting colder. Pitchers and catchers are going to re-report in two months, three months right now. We're gearing up. It's a big offseason for the Phillies. Uh, Dave Dombrowski probably has to hit on 80% of his moves for them to be uh, a contender next year, hopefully win more than 80 games. So obviously we already had some hot stoves discussion. Uh, New York Post ranked their, I think, top 40 free agents and where they would go. New York Post had two guys that were coming to us. One, Michael Conforto, six years, $140 million, has a hot mom. Kenley Jansen, three years, $40 million. I have yet to see a picture of his mother. Uh, who would you rather have Mark Henry? Oh, the future Philly of the day. It's 100% Kenley Jansen. Bring Kenley Jansen to Philadelphia. I thought this guy was like 38 for some reason in my head. I thought he was an old man. I feel like he's been pitching for two decades now. But it's only 34. He's a young 34, too. So bring him to Philly. Give him a three, four-year deal. Three years, 40 was, was what you said. 45, yeah. what was it? Three years, 40? That's a steal. That's an absolute steal. Bring him in. He'll stabilize the bullpen. Conforto might have a hot mom. Uh, might have had a really good 2019, really, really good 2020, rough 2021 season. Uh, I know the Mets were like, you know, a dumpster fire last year. Maybe that's not all his fault, uh, but his OPS fell off a cliff. His war fell off a cliff, and he's not a good defender. So I kind of feel like any hitter that the Phillies bring in this offseason needs to be a good defender since we have such a wide variety of players on our current team that can't defend their position. Uh, so it really feels like if we pay anyone else to come play offense, they have to be good defenders. And I'm not even like defense matters and baseball guy, but just like how the construction of the team uh, matters. So I, I would say Kenley Jansen is the future Philly of the day. Yeah. We have a team that has like three or four guys that could play DH in the NL, which is insane. And that's not even factoring in the fact that we pay a catcher all this money and he's a really good catcher. He's really good at his position defensively, but you're supposed to DH him a certain amount. It's like, well, shit, Reese can't play first. Boom can't play third. And we have to DH JT every once in a while. DD's terrible. He thinks he has gout in the elbow. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers should have gotten on the phone with DD Gregorius. He should have consulted DD. You're exactly right. Uh, all right. Hot stove, future filler of the day. We'll, 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 we'll flesh that one out. We'll get that yeah. bit going. Better. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. We don't really have an NFC East roundup. Usually, you if you listen to this, you do come here for Mondays. You get the NFC East roundup. Just two very bad games. Two very bad games. The Cowboys game was so boring. The uh, Giants game, very boring. The only thing memorable from that game was Derek Carr's weird Pennywise Lego hair. Um, but I want to talk about the Manning cast curse, which I called on Friday. If you don't know about the Manning cast curse, it's the most vicious curse in sports right now. Worse than the SI curse, worse than the Madden curse, worse than the Bermuda Triangle. The Manning cast curse is any active player that goes on the Manning cast the week before their game, they lose. And it was like, okay, you know, uh, Tom Brady lost, Russell Wilson lost. There was one other guy, uh, Matt Stafford lost, but I'm pretty sure they all played relatively good games. Well, Josh Allen went on last week. And you look at it, and they're going down to Jacksonville, and you're like, okay, you know, Matt Stafford's going to break the curse. Nine to six loss. <laughs> not a 27-24, not a gun shootout, 35-31. They weren't putting up points. Nine to six loss with a revamped Jaguars defense that I didn't even know they played defense like that down in Jacksonville. I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched many Jacksonville games. The Dolphins... Uh, Jacksonville game is probably the one I watched most closely, and that was a puke bowl out there in London. 
but holy shit, is the Manning cast curse for real? Yes, but that's not the most important thing to talk about in this game. I want to hear you buried the lead, Kyle. What I bury? Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen. He intercepted Josh Allen, and he recovered a fumble of Josh Allen. It was a big Josh Allen bowl. It was a big day for Josh Allen. Who would have thought that the Josh Allen would have that would prevail in the battle of Josh Allens would be Josh Allen? Are they off this week, the Manning brothers? I think they are. Uh, yeah, probably. They take off for the shitty games. That's what they do. No, That's but awesome. This, but this is such a big market game. Steelers, Bears. Is this, I feel like this. even though these teams are like terrible, they're still in it enough that everyone in those cities are watching. And everyone that's invested in those teams are watching. By the way, don't look now. Steelers are like th- this game and then the next game. They're both like very favored in. They could like easily be leading that division after next week, which is sickening. I but can't figure out the NFC North. Or it, North. It's sickening, that division. But – uh, the Steelers, like they still have a huge fan base. The Bears still a major market. You'd have to think that ESPN would want the Mannings on that. I don't know. Maybe Eli and uh, Peyton Manning have have family time they want to do together, which which I feel like they definitely don't. But I'm out on Mar- I'm out on Arch. I don't know if I've said that before. Hmm. I watched Arch play a game a couple weeks ago. He lost thirteen seven. Can't have it. Uh, you know, you're playing high schoolers. Uh, I need you to put up some points, Arch. That he's your Patrick Mahomes. He's wow. your my Patrick Mahomes. But the thing is, like, I want to be in because I like the Mannings. Like, I love Peyton. You like, like the I, Mannings? Yeah, I hated Eli my whole life, but like, he's good on ESPN, so it's kind of hard. He's but, a dope. Yeah, he was funny on SNL. I'll give yeah. him that. And you can root for the dope. I mean, he's your friend that everybody likes. Smart, funny guy, but he's not threatening. If he was threatening and he was smart and funny and he was, like, really good looking and he's really confident, people would hate him. But the fact that he's, like, you know, just a non-threatening guy who's who makes good money and he's funny and whatnot and he's, he's a good uh, a, a good hang-around guy, that's kind of like Eli Manning. Like, he's not threatening until he's a wild-card spot in the playoffs against Tom Brady. That's actually why I hated him, though, because, like, I didn't think he was good ever. And then he won two Super Bowls, and I was like, oh, well, shit. Like, we always beat the hell out of him. Like, we we beat the Giants like a drum his whole career. Uh, so it, it was very upsetting uh, to see him win those Super Bowls, and that's why I hated him. And the Giants are my least favorite team in sports, so I'm always biased. But as a guy, and then now that, like, the only consumption of Eli Manning content that I'm getting is with Peyton, who's, like, one of my favorite athletes of all time, it's kind of hard for me to like separate them. So I, I'm de- like the Manning cast is amazing. I'm all in on the Mannings. I want to like Arch. I want, I want to be in. Not got to figure, got to figure out the delay on the Manning cast. Oh, I thought we were talking about our own delay there for a second. I was like, do we have a delay? No, <laughs> got to figure out the delay. Gotta. It well, is. I just, it is bad. Stop with the guests. I'm done with guests. How about really? That? Yeah, I think it should be Peyton and Eli the whole time. I disagree with that. I'm out on the guests. I I, I get it. They're what do you names. like about the Manning cast? Is it just nerd football? Yeah. Okay. See that that's you gotta you gotta do you gotta you gotta think about the smooth brains. You gotta think about the but, dumb people who like who like uh shiny things and, and flashing lights. But like they're me. they're funny the whole time too, though. That's like the other part of it. Peyton gets all upset when players make bad throws he's like you can't do that e you can't do that e he definitely (laughs) the quarterback fraternity is hilarious because it doesn't matter if you're like rex grossman or doesn't matter if you're like tom brady they will not make fun of another quarterback 
they don't make fun of him, but Peyton gets upset though with bad. Oh, he plays. does. But they won't bury. They won't. No, 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 no. Drew Brees coming on. Hey, what's what's the difference between you and and Jameis this year <laughs> in this offense? And Drew Brees is just like, uh, 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 and and Peyton quickly throws it over to uh, to commercial to get uh, Drew Brees out of that out of that question. Yeah, Drew Brees did a. Drew Brees is doing the Notre Dame games this year, like I've said before, and he did like a whole spiel before this week's Notre Dame Navy game about how what of an honor what an honor it's been to call Notre Dame games and he really sees how great the fans are and how great this great tradition and program is. It's like you're gonna go call service. Sunday night football next year and be terrible at it. Like uh, I I don't know. I, I'm kinda I'm kinda souring on the Drew Brees and the booth experience and that, that mm. Manning interview was horrific. That was like some of the worst television of all time. I think that was two weeks ago. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Drew Brees did that while still being able to, like, yeah, Jameis stinks, everybody. Like, he could have – if he wanted to defend Jameis and he wanted to defend the Saints – by the way, they were, like, they were like five and two, or like four and two when he was answering the questions, winning a game, and he was acting like, oh, yeah, yeah. not not the same. Yeah, it's like whatever, Drew Brees. I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm fed up with him as fake hair. What was your favorite part – of week nine. My favorite part of week nine is that every tweet that you look at on Twitter and every podcast you listen to is going to be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's what's up and what's down in the NFL. I lost so much money gambling yesterday. Everyone's down all these units. Hottest gambler in the city. Not me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 uh, I went, I went four and three, which doesn't sound like a great record, but I hit my four biggest bets. I went, uh, I pocketed 11 units on Saturday. I went 5-0-1 in college football, pocketed 20 units. It's been, uh, you know, it's it was a, a hell of a weekend. It's been a hell of a couple months. Uh, but it, it's there's been some weekends, I think it was like two weekends ago or three weekends ago where I had a huge weekend, but it felt like everyone had a big weekend. This weekend, everyone got killed. And I, I'm, I'm staring at you guys like, you, you didn't, think the, didn't think to bet Falcons team total over? You didn't think to bet on the Patriots? They were playing Sam Darnold. There were people out there who were betting on Sam Darnold against Bill Belichick. Do you understand how the game of football works? Have you seen a game before? Have you have you tuned in? Uh, because Sam Darnold is not going to beat Bill Belichick. It's just not going to happen. I, I don't know. There's certain games and spreads that pop out to me, and I, it's just like, really? Like, you didn't think the Falcons would score 17 points against the Saints? Like, I... There's ways to, you know, there's ways to, there's ways to win at this, folks. It's not all about record. It's all about no. units. It's it, was all it was always units. It was always, it was always, always ROI. It was always ROI. Oh, man. What do you think about the college football playoff? Uh, I think that everyone kind of stinks besides Georgia. Um, but, Maybe Georgia stinks too. Maybe uh, maybe we don't know. There was some moments in that game where it was like, man, this offense is just like not very good. Like they had to get like a blocked punt. They had to get all this defensive stuff. I there's fuck breaking, Cincinnati. There's breaking Ben Simmons news. Oh, Jesus. Shams, what does it say? Uh, ben Simmons has provided the Sixers with the names of each of his mental health professionals. The franchise has sought further details. But Simmons must consent to patient confidentiality. What are we doing with our lives that I have to read this and react to that? That's my reaction. I just slammed my phone on my glasses. 
Ben, okay, so Ben Simmons has provided the 76ers with the names of each of his mental health professionals. The franchise has sought further details, but Simmons must consent due to patient confidentiality. So Simmons must consent? Simmons, I think it means Simmons doesn't consent due to patient, because that doesn't make sense. No, I think it means that he hasn't yet. Or like they probably re- he gave them the names of those mental health professionals. Oh, Simmons out. must first give consent. We I love that Sixers are consensual. You gotta love that in your <laughs> franchise. You do. I mean, with this whole Sarver stuff, you you need franchises that are consensual that look for consent that ask for consent first. Yeah, you can't. You can say a lot of things about Josh Harris. You can't. You can't uh, accuse him of not understanding consent like he's Derek Rose. Reading quickly through. This Shams news that broke mid-podcast, the Boston Celtics have engaged in conversations with the 76ers revolving around Ben Simmons. I'll share it up on the screen right now. Shout out me, Mr. Moneybags, with a subscription to The Athletic. Wow, um, look at you. Shut up. And expressed interest in the six foot eleven guard, sources tell The Athletic. Talks have been fluid with no traction as of yet. Those sources say any potential Simmons deal with the Celtics would have to include all-star forward Jalen Brown, an ascending talent who's in the midst of another career season, averaging 25.6, 6, and 2.5 assists. Celtics are off to a 4-6 start, winning two recent games against Miami and Orlando before losing to Dallas Saturday night. President of Basketball Operations Brad Stevens admitted to NBC Sports Boston that the organization is going to find out if it has the right group of players. So, Mark, right off the bat, quick thought process. Jalen Brown to the Sixers for Ben Simmons. I want him more than Damian Lillard. Okay. How about that? Expand on that. Young stud. Like, he's good on both ends he fits right into any team in the league he's not like i i think there's concerns with mccollum fitting in with curry and maxi and what that would do to the defense and uh you know there's concerns with lillard even uh, and what that would do to the defense concerns with all the guards since we have guards and since it's like who fits with who kind of there'd have to be like a a feeling out process you can plug jalen brown right into the three on this team with tobias with joel with whoever you want to put at the two probably seth and then with Maxi, you can run a Maxi, Seth, Jalen, Tobias, and Bede lineup, and I think that that can win a title. I, I really, really do. I think Jalen Brown has. I, I was not very high on Jalen Brown two, three years ago. The way that that guy's improved, and the way that he has just gotten better at scoring year in and year out, and more multi versatile at scoring year in and year out, that gives you hope that he can just continue to improve and continue to ascend to being an even more important piece on a championship team and i i have no doubts that he can be like the second guy on the championship team behind joel or maybe the guy who takes the brunt of it in the clutch though like i love the idea of jalen brown on this team are you sure you want to put furcon on the bench hey we could play him together he's put <laughs> tobias on the bench <laughs> yeah right yeah where does tobias sit in this so jalen brown just quick look at his contract he's uh we have him under contract or we would have him under contract until 2024 and he'd be making Oof. 24 this year 26 next year 28 5 the final year he'd be 27 it's not even a max, it's not even yeah. a max. like yeah. I, I it's it's a beautiful deal like oh my god i didn't think this was like a real actual thing that could happen that, that's amazing now, do you think because, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are rumored to be best friends, the most awkward best friend friendship I've ever seen in my life. But 
rumored to also be best friends, according to sources around the organization, according to uh, the players only meeting they had that solved absolutely nothing. But they have won two games after. So I guess Marcus Smart just calling them out saying they don't pass is is actually working. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they played Orlando and another team that I don't Miami. Very wait, didn't they? I think they got walked off on by by Luca last night, though. Thought it, it was, was the Celtics. Yeah, it was that game one. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Saturday, November sixth. Yeah, yeah, it was Saturday. I watched that at the end of it at least. So, uh, yeah, so they did lose the game now. Now that they played a legitimate team, but I, uh, yeah, wow, this is crazy. I'm like thinking in my head about like the the ramifications of this and what would happen. By the way, I do think there's a chance that we trade if we did this trade Ben for for Brown I would throw in like as many picks as they want or like Springer or like whatever they want pretty much besides Maxi and Thibault but I think there's a chance Ben Tatum with like role players around them like a Ben Smart Tatum I don't even know like Horford it's kind of funny uh Ben Smart Tatum a four and then Horford I think that that lineup could work like I I think Ben with Tatum with a big who can shoot it could work. I'm not saying it'll be better than us or it'll be like a contender. I do think it'll be a good situation for Ben, though. So, hey, who doesn't like a deal that works for both teams? Yeah, I think it makes some sense. I still don't think I would do it if I was Boston, just because I think Jalen's like uh, the type of player you can't give up on for a question mark, which Ben obviously still is. So I, I cannot tell you, like, I actually, like, you just picked up my day for the rest of the day. Like, the, re- the rest of my day is going to be, like, smooth sailing because Jalen Brown might be a sixer. You're welcome. I'm all in. I'm all in. Fuck Cincinnati, though. Coming off the Ben Simmons stuff, fuck Cincinnati. It For us to sit here and spend time defending you, saying we can't believe that the committee would give you number six, can't believe that ESPN would let the committee give him number six after they're going to college game day. For you to only beat Tulsa by, I think it was eight, you fumble in the red zone. Desmond Ritter fumbles on the, on the goal line going up the middle basically handing Tulsa an opportunity to tie it. They can't convert. I mean, for you to not come with your hair on fire, ready to blow Tulsa out after everybody in the nation was fighting for you, was fighting for the little guy, is complete bullshit that now I kind of hope they don't make the college football playoff. And I'm a power six guy. Have you consulted with your AAC brethren on this? How, how do they feel about you abandoning the ACC, the AAC? I am at their so time need? over the AAC because Temple sucks. They just lost 42, 44 to three against ECU. And the thing is, John Jansen, has team, he, has John yes, Jansen reached out to brag? He, no, he's not. He, Cause it's not even worth bragging anymore. <laughs> That's how bad Temple is. It's fire rod carry and fire rod carry only. The thing is with Temple is they make $7 million a year from the football team, Mark. They AAC pays them $7 million, or ESPN pays the AAC $7 million for every team in the AAC. I know Houston's leaving, UCF's leaving, um, Cincinnati's leaving. I mean, if, if ESPN doesn't try to get out of that contract, they're crazy. $7 million a year for FAU, North Texas, Temple. ECU, ugh, ugh. And the thing is, we have to go back to being a basketball school, and we're never going to be a basketball school because basketball doesn't make the kind of money that football does. We shouldn't really even be in the A-10, but I would take an A-10 again. I would I would be okay with them going to A-10. The only problem is UMass Temple doesn't sell tickets 
like it used to back in the day. I would love to see him go to the Big East. We did get fucked by the Big East. All right. The Bees folded right when we got into that conference. And that sucks. West Virginia left. And when we we found AAC, because we were kind of desperate at that point. It's just like the AAC is basically the Big East. It's I just I need Temple football to go independent. They never will. And I need Temple to go back to being a basketball school. And they never will. It's just it's it's infuriating. College football doesn't mean anything on the Northeast unless you went to Penn State. Yeah, I like being I like Notre Dame being independent. Uh, everyone yells at me that Notre Dame needs to join a conference every year. I, I love being independent. They schedule their own games they and make they so much money. They, they and we're not playing these bullshit non-conference games against like. William and Mary and Villanova mm-hmm. because uh, because we have a hard conference schedule. Instead, we schedule 12 games that are legitimate college football teams. Uh, and there's just no rivalry. With, with with Notre Dame, you have USC. You've got uh, – You used to have Michigan. They used to have out. Michigan. It was uh, – what else do you have? You have everyone we play Navy and Army every Navy year. Navy and Army. Like even those, there's like blue blood programs. Temple's – I don't even know who Temple's rival is. It changes every year, but it doesn't matter because no one cares. No one gets up for it. Uh, I just – I hate – I hate that Temple is in the AAC. I hate the AAC, especially now. Yeah, uh, and, uh, the AAC really took a hit. And uh, we'll see. Maybe Houston uh, – did Houston? Houston's leaving. No, did Houston win this weekend? Who cares? I'm just curious because that's important for Cincinnati. It is important um, for Cincinnati. They didn't get ranked. It was Houston should have been ranked top 20. SMU should have been ranked top 25. Yeah, no, for sure. But they had two losses at least. Like, Houston, but who cares? You're in the AAC. Go play in a real fucking conference. Eight and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston should be top 20 next week. And a bunch of teams fell out of the top 25, it looks like, or will fall out of the top 25. So hopefully that helps Cincinnati a little bit. But actually, hopefully, I don't care anymore. Like, I have a bet on Cincinnati to win the title. They're not winning the title. Like, that was so shameful against Tulsa. Like, I, I like you said, it is so embarrassing that game day went to ESP or game day went to Cincinnati. We all cried for Cincinnati, Kirk Herbstreet and Joey Galloway and Chris Falica, the bear. All these guys are getting on their, their high horse and yelling at us that Cincinnati should be ranked higher. And I agreed. And we said the same thing on here and you don't show up and, and you fumble the ball like you did with Ritter. And, and it's just, just pathetic, embarrassing, but don't let Cincinnati's embarrassing performance distract you from the fact that Alabama only beat a horny fired coach O by six points in Alabama when they were like a 29 and a half point favorite. Like uh, that's pathetic. Michigan state lost to Purdue. Not that pathetic, but Michigan state was never a real, they were never, never a real contender of any substance. No one actually thought since or Michigan state was making the college football playoff. And now that they definitely won't. Um, and I hope that that loss shows what Michigan is. Because Michigan State losing to Purdue should show exactly that Michigan is just – they lost to that team, and Michigan's not special. Neither of those teams are good. I don't know. There's a certain one-loss team that's kind of creeping their way up the rankings. If- I can't wait till they get Georgia. Oh, my and God. Georgia just so fucking funny. annihilates Yeah, them. you're probably right that, like, the best thing to happen with us would be probably us getting, like, a New Year's Six game against, like, Michigan instead of, like – having to play Georgia, but it just sucks that like those bowls don't matter anymore. Like it used to mean something. If you were like the team right outside the BCS championship or the playoff, like the Rose bowl or like the sugar bowl mm-hmm. or the Fiesta bowl. And that's what Notre Dame's going to get this year. And it'll probably be against a rival. Maybe it'll be Michigan state. Maybe it'll be Michigan, um, you know, maybe Oregon or something like that. Ohio state. But 
Uh, yeah, dab. Um, but I think uh, it'll be this big game that they'll sell as like this big thing for TV ratings, and then Kyle Hamilton won't play, and Kyron Williams won't play, and uh, our best receiver Kevin Austin probably won't play, and Michigan will have a bunch, like Aiden Hutchinson won't play, and all these play- people won't play. It's just like if if you're the if you're the playoff committee, how are you not embarrassed watching that Utah Stanford game and watching Stanford score like what was it thirty five seven? Or 42-7. I know you hit the over, so I think it was even more than that. It might have been like 45-7. 52-7. That's Oregon's loss right there. I will and say Stanford's, can, Stanford's had like a nightmare season since then. Not not excusing the loss for Oregon, but Stanford lost their quarterback and a couple guys on the O-line and receiver. And they're just like – when you think Stanford, they're probably just not going to be ever deep enough to deal with like injuries with like you got all those smart nerds uh, out there. And so I, I think that – that loss probably looks a lot worse than it actually was, but it's a bad loss. I mean, it's the worst loss of any uh, of these contenders by far, like not even close. But with how bad that loss is, it's just like they have the best win. So that's what makes this year so tough because I actually was like thinking about it and I was like, man, with number three losing and number two almost losing to LSU, should Oregon be two? And I'm like, mm-hmm. but wait, they only beat Washington by like 10. It wasn't that impressive and – they lost to Stanford. So it's just like so difficult this year. I and have no idea what I do. This is the year that you put a Cincinnati in the top four, but then they go out and they lose and they only win by eight. It's I like know. if they would have came out like 52-20 against Tulsa, oh my God, people would be hanging from the rafters screaming Luke Fickle's name. They USC would have given him a blank check. Like they will. I still think they would. I still think they would give him a Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not I'm definitely not out on Luke Fickle and, and and whatnot. It's just I I just I how do you not get up for that game? All you had no, to do was just play all, all all Luke Fickle had to do was just supercut a hundred different people saying that Cincinnati wasn't good, playing it pregame for the guys, getting them all fired up and having them just railroad Tulsa. Wow, I was just thinking about this. It's been a rough week for Cincinnati, hasn't it? Like you think about the last like week and a half for Cincinnati, you lose to Mike White, you blow a thirty-one to twenty lead. The Jets have like their biggest moment in the last decade against you. Uh, I think the Reds like actually waved Wade Miley, which is like he had a really good year. Cassianos um, is leaving probably. Cassianos is leaving. Cincinnati gets ranked sixth and then like shits the pants, shits their pants on national TV. The Bengals come out and get embarrassed by the Cleveland Browns at home. Rough. That's a rough week. For Cincinnati, don't worry, you still have your skyline chili, but I mean, sheesh. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I'm sure. I don't know. Travis Kelsey have a good game. Lane no. Johnson. Or, he uh, looks. Jason Kelsey have a good game. Travis did not, because Travis looks like, and we can briefly mention this here, I guess. Uh, I think everyone wants to figure out what's wrong with Mahomes and what's going on with Mahomes, and I think it's four things all coming together at once. I think it's one. Patrick Mahomes' foot, I think, is clearly hurt. His plant foot, you can see in the way that he's planting as opposed to how he used to in the past. He likes not being platformed anymore, which has always been an issue. But, like, he's never throwing with his black foot, like, planted normally in the pocket anymore. Number two, I think Travis Kelsey has lost significant steps. Like, I think Travis Kelsey is not Travis Kelsey anymore. I think we're kind of seeing what happened to him right now comparatively to, like, what happened to Ertz maybe like a year or two ago. Uh, obviously, Kelsey was way better than Ertz was. Number three, that O-line stinks. That's pretty simple. And then number four, and not going to get canceled for this, the Gandy Reed might be a little distracted. Uh, I oh, think yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think the Andy Reid run is is coming to a close. Maybe I think he might retire after this year. Like, obviously a rough, rough family situation this year going on, and uh, I just think uh, I think all of those four things are combining together to be a problem. And it's like I, I don't think that that's a sexy answer because everyone wants it to be. This is what's going on with Patrick Mahomes. This is why uh, it, it's wrong. He's figured out, or it's like he's yeah. hurt. And or I, his not, brother keeps dancing and he's distracting yeah, him. Yeah. Like that. Like that, people want that, yeah. People yeah. want one answer, but it's. I think it's just a collection thing. And the funny thing about it is, like, they won the game yesterday, obviously, and he, they looked terrible. He only had, like, whatever. Like, I don't even know how many yards. An embarrassing amount of yards. The YPA was, like, twice as low as any game in his career. Like, it was just pathetic thinking and dunking out there. But spin zone. He had like 400 yards against Kansas City and like three touchdowns and lost the game and got killed for it. So no turnovers. They won the game. You know, you can't kill him both ways. You can't kill him when he puts up huge numbers and loses and then because of a fumble. And the the funny thing about their season is if Clyde Edwards Elaire doesn't fumble on the 20 yard line against the Ravens, they're six and three right now. And they're still five and four. It's not like they're dead or anything, but six and three and five and four feel a lot different. And the other thing about the college football playoff talk that I just wanted to get in before we get out of here is Oklahoma. And I know that they were ranked eighth in that first iteration of the rankings and everyone freaked out. The thing about that, and I always kind of – I didn't freak out about the Oklahoma ranking like I did Cincinnati or like I did Alabama the opposite way uh, because all their work was left to do on their schedule. They have Baylor this week. Baylor did lose to TCU, which makes that – they're probably going to fall outside the top 20 now. Uh, So we'll see what happens with their ranking. But they still have Oklahoma State. They still have to go to Bedlam, uh, which is a big rivalry game. It's their biggest game of the year. And then uh, they have to play Iowa State, and then they have to play one of those three teams again in the Big 12 Championship. So they have four legitimate games left. Oklahoma is our one chance, I think. I I truly believe all these teams that we're seeing at the top, they all have such obvious warts and flaws. Bama, I just don't think – I think Bama is getting the credit for being a name-brand team right now. I don't think they're Mm -hmm. Bama – and, and it's uh, you said it on the last pod or two pods ago. It's like you have a hard time convincing me that Bama is not a top four team, and I totally understand that logic because they're Alabama. But I think we might have to start thinking differently. Like that, this is just not the same Alabama team to me. Oregon, you put it in the best way. That loss to Stanford, no matter how much worse Stanford is right now, is embarrassing. Ohio State almost lost to Nebraska. Nebraska. They didn't play great against Penn State either. Mm-mm. Cincinnati, obviously, we talked about. Michigan and Michigan State, we talked about. Oklahoma, and I know that they've struggled with teams. I know that they've had their own weird issues. They still have taken care of business. They have four tough games left. If they get through those four games, 13 and 0, they're going to be in that. They're not, and they're going to avoid Georgia if that happens. They'll be the second or the third team in the rankings. And that is the team that can give Georgia a game if they are what they can be. Right now, like what they are and what they've been, they probably aren't good enough to be the second best team. They probably aren't good enough to beat Georgia. But if Caleb Williams is obviously a freshman and he's lighting the world on fire at quarterback, if he continues to improve as this year goes on and if their defense continues to improve as this year goes on, Oklahoma is the team that has that potential to change the narrative of this year. Because the narrative right now is looking like it's written already. And it's looking like, well, Georgia was really good and everyone else was beating up on each other. Everything else was chaos and no one else was really that good. Georgia ends up being considered with LSU of a couple of years ago and Bama of last year. It's one of the best teams in college football recent memory. But the one thing that can change is Oklahoma. 
it's going to be really interesting in the Big Ten. The Big Ten in the last two weeks is going to be very, very interesting between Michigan State plays, or last three weeks, excuse me, Michigan State plays Ohio, uh, Ohio State and Penn State with another game in there. Ohio plays Michigan State and Michigan with and another Purdue. game. I think in Purdue, they play Purdue. And Michigan? Michigan has to win out, yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's actually going to be an awesome last three weeks. Oklahoma State. Also another one. You already talked about them. You touched on them. Oklahoma State could be one, too. There's a lot of teams that, like, surprisingly probably ends. It sucks about Wake Forest. Wake Forest could have snuck in there. But, uh, They're so fun, too. It, Every game they play is in the 50s. It, oh, it's yeah, they, they, they don't They don't do defense there. I mean, it probably ends at number 11, Texas A&M 7-2. I can't see a two-loss team getting into the playoff, especially when we have a couple more couple of uh, undefeateds in there, uh, three undefeateds in the top 10. But – yeah, man. I mean, top 10, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State. This is going off the AP. Oregon, Oklahoma. I mean, it's crazy. Oklahoma's number four in the AP, and they're like eight in the in, in the CFP. Um, A&M it's going to be route. the last three weeks. A&M has a path. A&M has a path, and it's, it's Bama has to lose to Arkansas or Auburn, which uh, doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but they did almost lose to LSU, and I think they have to go to Auburn, so I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, and Auburn looks pretty good. They did have a tough game this week against AM, but those are losable games. If Bama loses one of those games, AM goes to the SEC championship because they beat Bama. And that would make that the Bama Georgia game that everyone's waiting for, it would turn it into Georgia AM. And then if AM wins that, they're 100% in the playoff. They'd be the first two loss team in the playoff. If they this year beat Alabama and beat Georgia, it doesn't matter that they have two losses. They, they could, they'd be in 100%. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Bama's got New Mexico State, Arkansas, and then the Iron Bowl in Auburn to uh, to finish. Anything can happen there. Throw the record books out, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that'll then, be that'll be a big game. No matter what, that'll be a big game. And then uh, Texas A&M has Ole Miss next week. Prairie View, that's a win. And then LSU to finish it out. So, that's yeah, I mean, they're like you said, they are uh, they're they're one game, uh, yeah, one game behind in the conference, and they have the tiebreaker over them. So, damn. Yeah, if they want to be serious, they've got to beat Ole Miss. Game day's going to Oxford, uh, to Ole Miss this week. That's the game of the week, A&M, Ole Miss. And I like A&M a lot to win. I don't think Ole Miss's offense is quite as special as, as people think. Buckle up for the last three weeks of college football. All right. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, that is the podcast for today. Rate, review, subscribe. You can find us on any podcast platform that you listen to. You can find us on YouTube as well. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, in the blah, 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 TikTok, uh, Facebook, and follow Mark Henry, the hottest gambler in the city right now. Units, units, units. Bye.